Welcome to the Thought Leader Podcast. I'm Dr. Kent. And I'm Randy Baker. And in these podcasts, we try to find guests who are true thought leaders, who have truly done something interesting and different and challenged the way we think. Today, we're going to talk to Pascal Derriang. Excuse my lack of French accent. An Australian speaking French is always difficult. But Pascal is is a true thought leader, born in Paris, spent his early years in Germany, and now he's in Ireland, from corporate life in in Microsoft to CEO of a nonprofit organization called Migraine Ireland. So Pascal has a lot to say about uh, about migraines and chronic conditions, and I think you should listen to his story. So without further ado, here's Pascal. So Pascal, that's a really good Irish name. Tell me how, how that came about. Oh, uh, well, that's actually not an Irish name in itself. Actually, it's Pascal from the continent from France all the way from Paris, uh, it would be Pascal in Irish because they had an H. Uh, and actually, most people actually tend to make a mistake where I think I'm Irish sometimes that I just put an H. And I, that's actually quite funny. Uh, I would say that, you know, after 23, 24 years in Ireland, I respond to any name. And, I, and that's just my first name because it would be my surname. Nobody can get it correctly here. So just for your own sake, it's Derian, but we respond to anything, my kids respond to anything like Derin, Oderin, Derian, Daria, Doryu, Deri, anything. So we're fine. As long as we know people want to talk to us, we respond. So you're, you're living in Dublin. You got there because you married an Irish lass? That's correct. How have you managed the different accents? Because every time I've spoken to somebody from Ireland, I struggle to understand what they say. They, they speak a totally different foreign form of English. Well, that's actually true. So I live in Dublin, and it's a, it's a small country. It's a small island. So even in Dublin, you have inner city accent. You have the D4, which is a Boshari accent, which is a pretty more Atlantic accent, so people can understand what they're saying. Well, I think we pretend we understand what they're saying. And then you have a different type of accents, whether it's in the country, so whether it's west, Norse, obviously. Norse is a lovely accent. I really love the accent. Cork. Cork is actually a, it's a republic in itself. They don't consider themselves Irish. They think that Cork is a republic, is actually the capital of Ireland. But for example, my brother-in-law is from Cork. And uh, if he's with his mates, uh, I don't understand a word of what he's saying. It sounds German to me. <laughs> yes. So, uh, which can come handy sometimes if you don't really want to get involved into any conversation. However, you know, that's, that's, that's the way it is. And now you had on top of that something that Ireland had not experienced uh, prior, you know, the, the 90s, is you have 14% of the population which composed of people who were born outside Ireland. So it's a big m- melting that's pot. It's a big melting pot, and commerce, yeah. cosmopolitan. So you have not only different accents, but different languages as well. For such a small country, that's pretty vibrant. It certainly is. And 14% is a big, Oh, it's big, big yeah. 
So you traveled from you traveled from Gay Paris, which I I love Paris, one of the most beautiful cities in the world. Now you're living in Dublin. What what do you do? Why why did you go there? And what's the progression? Uh, well, I suppose I met my wife, who is Irish, who unlike me has a brain, and she was finishing a PhD in France, and I, she was she worked for a pharmaceutical company for a couple of years. You know, I've always been attracted to Ireland and I somewhat managed to convince her that maybe it would be good to go back to Ireland for maybe a year or two. And that was 23, 24 years ago. I'm still here. Uh, I have a house. I have two kids. And I realized I spent most of my professional life actually in Ireland. Uh, so I suppose it's become my home. Uh, that's where I live. I'm, a, I'm obviously originally from France. And I, as you can guess, with my divergent accent, Having said that, it's become home and it's full of opportunities and they have accepted me and integrated me and I've been doing quite a lot of things. I worked for corporate setup, SMEs, social enterprise, and I'm currently working for charities. So I make a switch to the non-for-profit sector four or five years ago and that's where I see myself ending my career. Uh, I have 10 or 15 years still to work before I can happily retire and I really want to finish on that segment and sector. Nice. So so tell me a little bit about what the, your current business is or what you're, what you're currently working on. The, the current role is I'm the CEO of Migrant Ireland, which is a non-for-profit uh, organization with a charity status. Basically, what we do is we provide support, nurse line, uh, documentation, webinars, and we also provide I was about to use the word advice, but we are not clinicians, so I'm going to redraw that word. And just uh, mentioned the guidance. And we also want to build awareness of uh, migraine, especially in the workplace. So, for example, Ireland is a population of 4.6 million. And you would be surprised to know that roughly between 600,000 and 700,000 of people suffer from migraine in Ireland. And there's roughly 13 to 15,000 attacks a day. So... An attack can last a couple of hours. It's a standard headache, but it can be also a bit more complicated. You know, it can last two to four days and can be recurrent every month, every week. So it's kept delimitating, especially in the workplace. So what we want to do is to educate people about their own migraine, but also we want to educate, especially the, the world of the work, where, for example, you have an employer, may not necessarily be un- understand the stigma attached to to migraine, it's often trivialized as well to a certain degree. So we just want to make sure that, you know, it's not as bad as having a cancer, but, you know, has an impact. So it can have an impact on productivity, can have an impact on showing up at work. And uh, it's just that not people are just calling for duvet days. It's really debilitating. You know, you cannot really work when you suffer migraine. So that's what I'm doing. That sounds, I mean, that, that's super necessary. I know that here in America, Migraine sufferers, sufferers tend to be predominantly women. Is that the case in Ireland? That's the same. You know, it's the, yeah. the breakdown would be seventy percent women, and then men, mm-hmm. and then teenagers as well. Too, uh, you know, teenagers. Is that a relatively new? Yeah, I'm new. I'm new. I'm new to the field, so mm. uh, I'm still educating myself and acquiring some fluency in the lingo. But from what I've learned to date, it's actually. Uh, it's been mind blowing with no play on word. I know we're talking about headache, but you know it's 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 really far more present 
in a population than I ever suspected myself before I got interested in the subject. Yes, those statistics you just shared with us, um, that's 10 to 15% of the population suffers yeah, from migraines. Yeah, that's massive. That's, that's, yeah. that's massive. I'm a little bit interested in your background now because growing up in Paris, what do you think your parents would have thought of you at six, seven, ten years of age? Would they have expected you to be working in a, a, a terrible organisation dealing with migraines? Well, I suppose... I'll give you a bit of my background. Actually, I was born in Paris. And what I forgot to mention is three weeks after I was shipped over Germany. Wow. The first three years of my life, we lived in a caravan because we were moving so much. So uh, then we started to rent. My dad was an engineer and was working for the equivalent of ESB networks here in Ireland. So basically, he was working with a small squad of engineers. And so we were moving quite a lot. Then we started to rent. And then I ended up doing three schools per year until the age of 16. We were moving up north, south, you know, hold the borders. Funnily enough, I used to pick accents from everywhere and ended up with the wrong accent every time we moved, which is the story of my life to this day. <laughs> and then I got back to Paris when I was uh, 16. At seven, uh, I think my parents probably, I don't think they would have envisaged that I would actually move into another country for starter. Mm-hmm. Secondly, I thought they would be, I would be more manual and they couldn't have been more wrong because I have two left hands. I'm incapable of doing anything with my, with my hands. So, you know, sounds like yeah. yeah, so I'm good with words and technology and all these type of things. But however, what they would have told you is actually I couldn't entertain myself and I, I was pretty driven even though I was young. So I was an only child and I, I was very curious. So curiosity doesn't kill the cat, but does bring you to Ireland. So you were in corporate, presumably relatively successful in a corporate career. What has enticed you into the migraine area? Because I'm, I'm not oh. see. Do, does somebody in your family suffer? Have you seen the suffering? No, but I'm interested by chronic conditions. I'm diabetic myself. Uh-huh. So I can fully relate from a chronic condition, having this source of Damocles, going for a new job when they ask you if you have any disability, uh, mm-hmm. all these type of things. So I'm also moving into an age group, which is the over 50s. And I, I'm starting to realize that, you know, uh, the world is different. And uh, there's a lot of things that needs to be addressed. So I left the corporate world, which was Microsoft, when I spent 15 years. And I had, it's my third experience in the non-for-profit. I work with addiction teams on the social enterprise project. I was general manager of a social enterprise, community enterprise center. And now I'm actually in a pure charity. So it's the non-for-profit journey as well does attract me. But to go back to the migraine more specifically, it's, you know, the, the patient-centric aspect of the role. So how you can help people. You know, you can, it can be very debilitating, but you can be very isolated as well when you suffer migraine. So just to, to build a network of support and say, well, you're not on your own. We understand it, and here are the pointers. And that's pretty important to me. And also, the Migraine Ireland Association has been one of the most innovative in terms of patient-centric support. So it's always a benchmark in the country. So I was very interested to join a very uh, progressive organization as well. We're small, but mighty at the same time. So you said earlier, um, Pascal, that you're not a clinician, so you cannot give advice. That's correct. 
Do you have cl- clinicians on your team, or do you just provide yes, guidance? Yes, and- yes, 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 yes. We ha- we have obviously we should we should while. The clinicians we have on our team are there in their, some in a private capacity and semi-official capacity. Under the the, the code we, we we are following, obviously we, we cannot do prescription all these type of things. So it's really it follows a strict protocol. However, obviously we have a nurse line. We have some doctors and scientific scientists, sorry, on our board as well, and we have a network we can support can support us as well. So. And we're also part of various alliances as well at national level and European level. So, no, yeah, absolutely. And, and it was one of the, the questions I had when I, I took the role on. You say, you know what, you, you, I'm not a clinician, but, you know, it's all about running an organization. So, I know, you see your acquire fluency and there's do's and don'ts. And once you understand that, I think it's more, you could say that, you know, when you run an organization, when it's potatoes, whether it's high high-level technology or charity, it's the same principles. You still have a PNL, you still have people, you still have objectives. Obviously, you need to adjust and become a subject matter expert to a certain degree, but uh, to me, it's the same principle. That's my view of the business after 30 years into it. Mm-hmm. So, you've lived in, if it, in France, in Germany for seven years or so, or more. You were telling me before we had the podcast that you lived in New York for a year. Now you're living in Dublin for 26 years. Yeah, yeah um, roughly, yeah. What do you like the most? Ah, that's interesting uh, question. I suppose, you know, you would say that Ireland does qualify big time. I have my two mm-hmm. kids. My, my kids were born and raised here. My wife is from Ireland. I spent most of my professional life in Ireland, would you believe? Mm-hmm. As I worked eight years in France, but I, I, I've been working here 24 years. I've been driving on the left longer than I've been driving on the right. Driving on the right. Uh, so these type of things, I, re- I came to that realization the other point. So I really love Ireland. You know, I call it home. I love you know my birth country. I go every now and again, but you know, uh, home is where the heart is, as I say here. Yeah, I, I totally understand that. Um, I was born in Australia, and I spent maybe. 25 years, 30 years of my life there and 30 years here in the US almost, nearly. So I call both home and I I totally understand that home is where your heart really sits. Yeah, interesting. I think what I'd like to know now is how can people support Migraine Island? Uh, Migraine Ireland, not Migraine Island, English at its worst. I've never been accused of, of speaking proper English. How can people support that? What do you oh, that want? makes two offers then. Yeah. yeah. So how, how can they support it? What do you need? So I think there's, there's, there's two things. Obviously, uh, call it a spade, a spade, as we say here. Uh, I suppose we have a, on the funding aspect, we are, the way we function, we, we are funded by the HSE, which is the health service executive uh, body here in Ireland, which is pretty much the, the Minister of Health. Mm-hmm. And then we, we have a bit of money from the National Lottery. And then we have a semi-state agency called Pobol, who does provide us a bit of money for some projects. We would like to grow and develop, for example, a nurse line, for example. So we look, we'd love to have some fundings. However, what we're looking at at the moment is, you know, uh, we would love to develop fundings 
via also bringing awareness at the same time. It's not just about having mm -hmm. money. So we, we're looking at setting up some various sports events nationally, uh, campaign. We are targeting some awards as well. You know, we, we want to be recognized mm -hmm. for what we are. We got Good Governance Award in 2016, which is massive for charity, you know, in terms of transparency and, uh, yeah. and, and, and governance. So it's really, really important in terms of management. And also for us, you know, it's really, uh, I would say in order to bring awareness, it's really the call to action is to please, please people try to understand not to trivialize migraine. It's, it's maybe not life-threatening, but it's a serious condition. It's so debilitating. And I, I think I mentioned it to you earlier, the WHO does recognize migraine as the sixth or seventh uh, most debilitating disease, chronic disease or chronic condition, should I say, more than disease uh, in the world. So, you know, you have diabetes and a few other things, but that's, re that's really of an impact. While obviously it's an impact in everyday life, when in a work environment, I think, you know, we really need to do more work ourselves, at least in Ireland, to educate employers. That's really, really big. So if you can help us to bring awareness, help us to set up pointers towards our association on our website, which is actually brilliant, even though I say so myself, uh, migraine.ie, uh, for surfers in Ireland, but obviously beyond Ireland, since you guys are based in the US, uh, we would be delighted. So uh, spread the word. And how can people contact you if they've got some great ideas or want to support you? Oh, migraine.ie. So, uh, you know, we're there. We have our, otherwise, that's CEO at migraine.ie, which is our, which is me. May also be Pascal, P-A-S-C-A-L, no H, at migraine.ie. Okay, that's fabulous. We like to keep these, these interviews relatively short and sweet. Um, and so I want to thank you for your time. It's been fabulous getting Likewise. to know you. And uh, we look forward to talking to you again soon. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Cheers. Thanks, Pascal. That was a, a wonderful interview. I particularly loved your story about uh, traveling through Germany as a child and going to multiple schools and the fact that your parents expected you to do something with your hands, and that's definitely not the direction you ended up taking. It's also fascinating the statistics on, on migraine sufferers in Ireland, nearly somewhere between 10 and 14% of the population. That's almost unbelievable. It's incredibly high. And it's a chronic condition that affects the workplace significantly. So we really appreciate you uh, doing the work you do at Migraine Island. Now, if you're listening to our podcast and you want to know more about myself and my business partner, Dr. Kent, please go to www.thoughtpartnergroup.com. That's thoughtpartnergroup.com. And in the top right-hand corner on that page, you will find a little button. If you click on that, you'll get to take a very quick assessment of your visibility and your strategy. And we'll spend a minute of our time taking a look at it. And we'll take you about a minute of your time to complete it. And if you like what you're hearing in these podcasts, please subscribe. You'll find a subscribe button below. And feel free to leave a comment. We'd love to get feedback, especially if it's nice. So let's see you on the next podcast. And bye for now. Mm -hmm.